Welcome to the first edition of the Optics Podcast. Finally. Yo, what's good? <laughs> like LeBron said, it's about damn time. Alright. <laughs> I'm your host, Dane McMillan. And your co-host, Amari Evans. Alright, and the Optics Podcast. Alright, let's get into what this is supposed to be. Um, so I had this idea about a year and a half ago or so. And really it just kind of grew out of me moving to New York from North Carolina and realizing like whenever I would go to these networking events with Amari um, and I would talk to people of color about their workplace and like the industry that they're in and how they feel about their career. And a lot of what I was hearing is that regardless of what industry these people are in, more often than not, they're one of the few people of color, the few minorities, one of the few, particularly black people that I'm talking to in their office, in the hospital, in their class, like for medical school or whatever like whatever it is they're tech company and after a while i started to think yo like why why is everyone having the same experience as me but they feel like they're the only one in these places and how do i tackle that right so i thought about just creating a platform where we can talk about our experiences as people of color in these industries in hopes that people in school people coming up younger kids can listen to it and feel like hey I could relate to this person. I could probably do what they're doing. And then we just build that pipeline so there's more of us rather than everyone else feeling like they're the only one. What do you think? Right. Now I'm on the same page. Like, I think there absolutely needs to be more visibility um, yeah. for multicultural um, professionals in the PR world. And I feel like this might be one way to... to add people to the fold people yeah. that might are curious but like don't know who to reach out to yeah to get more information exactly and yeah i think it's gonna be good and for us um because i want to be able to speak to the senior level people in my field that are of color and figure out how they made their way from where they from where i am to where they are now and doing this on air and like having these stories and distributing it to, to everybody so that they can hear it like that's a bunch of gems and game that they could be put on in addition to me, selfishly. Um, so it only helps everybody else. Basically, like, we're trying to create something that's for us. We're, trying, us. To, we're trying to recreate food. Because, like, <laughs> like, no, I, and what I mean is, like, <laughs> the audience member that's like us. Yeah. That probably isn't even aware that they're like us. Oh, that oh my God. Once they find out about these opportunities, they're like, oh, shit, I might actually be interested in a career in public relations. Yeah. PR, for or example, not. which is what we both do. Yeah. I didn't even know what it was until my junior year of college. And had I known prior to college, I probably would have actually majored in communications instead of what I majored in. Mm-hmm. And I might not have been that much farther along, but I think I would have gotten a lot more out of that major than I did sociology. But even with that, it's like, it really just comes down to a lack of awareness. And like, we're not really pushing everything onto kids to make them feel like there's a lot more opportunity than what they're just seeing on TV. Perfect example. Um, remember that event we went to at Squarespace with that dude who has a Sean Vice land? I forget his name. Is it John Henry? Yeah, he uh, 
recently, shout out to John Henry, he just started a show on Vice, Viceland. Viceland called, called Hustle. Hustle, right? Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool show. Actually. You watched it? Yeah. I need to check it out. He, he, made a, he made a really dope point to me. He said, um, in whatever field that you're in, and if you can't help it, because like some fields are like just everyone's trying to go into it, but whatever field that you're in, you need to figure out a way to make yourself top five, top of mind. So like basically, when people think about hiring somebody in PR, for example, a black person in PR, if you're not one of the top five people that they think of, you're doing something wrong. You, like you, you, need to, you need to elevate yourself. I can't even name the top five black people in PR, and I'm a black person in PR. <laughs> what does that say about the visibility for, for the people in this field? Like, right. we, we, we should be putting them on a pedestal and being like, hey, this is this person. Like, profile this person. Uh, following their footsteps. This is what they did. Like, I want to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like this should yeah. be kind of like a. This is what we would want being a student of PR. So, like, exactly. instead of you, like, say you listen to this podcast and you decide you want to go into the industry. Instead of you like going, spending the next five years trying to find people to mentor you and teach you like the ins and outs, the actual ins and outs, let's we're gonna expedite that process. Exactly. Bring people in. Exactly. Talk about their years of expertise that, with very sp- specific industry-focused questions that that we can uh, ask. Yeah, because you'd be yeah. surprised. For example, um. That dude from NBC, his name is Errol, Errol Cockfield. Errol uh, Cockfield. Um, I was so surprised to hear him say, huh? He's the SVP for, uh, I think, media relations for MSNBC. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was so surprised to hear him say that he was a hip-hop head. (laughs) And not even just because he doesn't look like it, um, but because he, he mentioned Cardi. And he's, he's an older dude, right? And so older Gen dudes X-er. that are hip-hop heads, and by old, I mean, like, probably around 40-ish. Right. I'm always interested to see, like, what they think of the music today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but if I have no knowledge of what people are like in this field, I might think, he would never listen to rap. Like, he, he's nothing like me. <laughs> in a suit every day. Nah, like, we're here. Um, right. And we, we want to show you that. Because we know that the optics of it make it seem like you can't really relate to us because you don't even really see us unless we're just walking down the street or you just see us in an office in a picture on a website. You, you don't relate to that. Yeah. But hearing our voices and our stories can let you know that we're the same person as you and that you belong here and you could fit. But when you get here, there's still some work to do. Right. But, it's, yeah, there's definitely people out here that are definitely, like, role, potential role models for people like us. Yeah. So let's definitely try to bring them on. Not me necessarily, because. <laughs> I mean, not me either. I'm like, I'm yeah. a horrible role model. Yeah, we, you know? we, we, we're trying to hunt them down for you, because <laughs> you should not be looking at us. um but yeah man i think i think this is the most important um reason behind like starting this platform is is for people coming up because i I really wish that i had something like this when i was in school even the first year of my career like i feel like i would have learned a lot more been a lot more prepared for where i am right now um even coming down to like negotiating like negotiating a salary like so many people that i meet along the way have just put me on like little tips and tricks and it's really helped me out so Mm-hmm. Um, anything that I can offer to anybody, anything you can offer, anything that the people that we interview can offer, it's really going to be a good help for them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right. Um, since these listeners are new, they don't really know about us, let's give them a little background on us. Um, you want to go ahead? Sure, yeah. So um, 
Again, my name is Omari Evans. I'm a media relations specialist at a top five uh, global PR agency. All right, you, you ain't got to flex like that, okay? Like, just, just, just say you work with a PR agency like the rest of us. Hey, you ain't got to you know, flex people with, gotta with the know, rankings. Right, who they're talking to. You ain't got to flex with the power rankings. Hey, <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's relevant. I, I, I'm sure someone cares about it, I guess. I mean, I think people care because it makes you seem cooler to me because I'm not at a top five <laughs> one right now, but I, I get it. <laughs> Dane was formerly at a top five and prior to that a top twenty. So it's don't not don't like, say formally like I got kicked out either. Like I got like, <laughs> like I got cut from the roster. <laughs> Major insecurities coming out. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm, I'm good. Nah, he's he's obviously dope, dope in his own right and killing the game. And like I've seen your growth, man, in a, in the past couple of years, and really excited for what you're gonna be offering the industry in the Thank next you, couple of years too. I appreciate that. But um, yeah, back to me. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you could have um, just to, to summarize as a media specialist. Basically, I'm I work in a specialty uh, division within the agency where we specifically will work with um, clients on certain campaigns to optimize their media strategy and media outreach efforts. So essentially, like, say, for instance, um, just naming a totally random company like Budweiser uh, does an ad for the Super Bowl, I might be added onto the team to do um, media, outreach, media outreach for that campaign. So, like, I'll figure out who to target yeah. based on the demographics that they're trying to reach and, like, Therefore, I'll figure out what outlets we want to target, what journalists would ultimately want to write the article, and then that's that's the thing. Yo, I, I just had a funny so, idea. <laughs> so, you you basically just do pitching all day, right? <laughs> yeah. Not not to not to mildly, like not yeah. to like belittle your job, but like that's right. pretty much like Name's the, an industry insider, so he's cutting through the. the <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I'm trying to I'm trying to like break it down so like it's it's understandable because now I'm thinking about it. Well, I mean, because I do this too, like pretty right. much every day. You already know how frustrating it is when you don't get more than three responses back and you send it out to 50, 60 people. Like it's super frustrating, right? Oh yeah, it's like soul crushing. Yeah, and it's like it's like what am I doing? It's like sales, like. It's like doing cold calls. Yeah, in pretty that, much. That type of scenario. And it's getting hung up on, but really it's just email, which is better than getting hung up on. But we know, you know. Oh yeah, you know yeah. I would I would email like people all day instead of like standing up and having to actively sell somebody that might may or may not come into the store or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Like so, essentially, it's like sending somebody a text and getting left on red every day, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But also like. I don't know. How, I don't know if like agencies really calculate this, but like I wonder how often they look at the amount of pitches that land versus the amount of pitches that they send out. Because I wonder what that percentage is. Like it has to be like less than ten percent, don't you think? Un unless it's like a dope campaign where everybody um, wants to cover it. It really depends. Like, here's the thing. Like, there's so many bad campaign, not bad campaigns, but like campaigns that is difficult to. Uh, entice media to want to cover it that yeah there's more often than not you're going to be working on a campaign where journalists aren't responding but it's so annoying, say man. you're repping like Little Wayne or Drake or something and you're doing like you know Beyonce launch secret launch album 
outreach. Like, yeah. everybody and their cousins are going to be hitting yeah. you up. And, like, you'll be able to get, like, a gajillion, a gajillion um, <laughs> press hits without even trying. So yeah. it really depends on the campaign. But, like, the trick for, like, a media specialist is that is knowing um, journalists and and having, like, a very, like, acute understanding of, like, what journalists want. Yeah. In order to, like, optimize. Like, that's why you're there. Because you know what the journalists will typically want and, like, your task with just making sure that the story gets covered. Sometimes I'll be getting jealous of the journalists, though, because, like, we have to kind of, like, kiss up to them. Why? Oh, yeah, we do, unfortunately. We do. (laughs) And, like, they get sent free stuff all the time from us. Like, I I remember times where I used to package up stuff to send to reporters, like, stuff that I would want. I'm like, damn, they get this? How can we? How can we can't get this? But now nah, we got to get them on our. Like we got to get on their good side so that they want to write about who we want them to write about. Yeah, basically, it's a PR is a thankless job, but um, so don't do it. Yeah, we get paid <laughs> pretty decently. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, you you definitely get paid well. Like <laughs> depending on where you go and just give yourself like three or four years, you can make some good money. Right, right. It's funny though. My dad, I remember. He was telling me I wasn't gonna make any money in this, and I think. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like you know, this the equivalent of working at Goldman Sachs and putting on a Patagonia vest. Oh nah. Well, yeah, we're but not like, making that much money. But he's he's in okay. IT, and so he he would tell me like the starting salaries for a lot of these, like jobs that he was hiring for, mm-hmm. and I mean it did make me depressed for a few weeks, but. <laughs> 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 like whenever he told me the numbers, but it's okay because you know, <laughs> what's for me is for me. Right, you know, right. We, God's plan is real. More than anything, we're ca- carving a space out for ourselves, and we make enough money to survive, and we Just, are you know, influencing. To have three square meals a day. And we're influencing culture culture through the stories that we get told in the there media. You go. I think, and that's more important to me than anything, you know what I'm saying? And, I'm, I mean, we could do this for any other field that we were in, but because I know, like, the, not the power, but, like, the influence that we do have over the general public and the people that uh, our clients reach, it is important to be in this space and, and in this chair and at, at this table and have a voice, which I'm, you know, I, it's gonna get bigger as we get along, but I think it's important just to be here because we have a lot more influence than anybody else does to an right. extent. Right, and it's like the industry needs people like me and Dane or like people like you listening to have a seat at the table to say like- Not, not you though. But the person <laughs> to, next to, to, you. <laughs> to sit at the table and, and just like speak truth to power and like accurately, you know, uh, share your experiences that explain like I don't know the cultural zeitgeist in a way that can be uh, beneficial for the client. Yeah, because a lot of people don't. Surprisingly, once you get into these spaces, you realize like a lot of people don't understand culture or or other people oh my god yeah it's it's pretty bad so we need you we need everybody All remember, remember we had that conversation about how there's different a-lists huh remember we had that conversation about how there's different a-lists different what a-lists so like oh right a-list right. celebrities <laughs> for some people might not be a-list celebrities for others and it's real interesting to see like right you might you might be working on a campaign and like you might think okay this person would be a perfect spokesperson for it. And then your team 
come out with some off the wall, out of left field ideas because they feel really strongly about this person that they saw on Desperate Housewives. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And I mean, depending and, like, on where you at, equally valid. But like, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the thing is, like, there are other sides to look at. Yeah. That are equally valid. And, and, like, and I think some sides are getting more attention than others. And I think some people might not realize the reach that certain celebrities have. That makes sense. Certain celebrities or even media outlets. Like, and media outlets. Like, for instance, like the other day I got a media hit on a shade room. And for people that don't know, that's like an urban like um, blog site. They have like a ton of followers on Instagram. And basically like whenever someone gets something posted on there, it's just like hundreds of comments and like millions of vi- uh, I'm views. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what the shade room is. Huh? I'm pretty sure everybody knows what the shade room is. No, nah, no, nah, not everybody. I well, mean like that's the thing. Like I know knowing like my coworkers, I want to say 80% of them probably don't know what shade room is. So... I'm saying, like, it's useful to just be like, yo, this outlet is useful at hitting a certain demographic and, and adjusting the culture to to accept your concept. Anyway, so, oh, Dean, yeah. like, I said about me, like, what brings you into the world of PR? Um, Who are you? No, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> nah, um, I got into PR... Like I said earlier, I, I learned about what it was in my junior year of college, and this was after majoring in sociology for a few years and just like trying to figure out if I wanted to stick with that, maybe switch to political science. Wasn't really sure. Um, and then I started, for, I started writing for my student newspaper, the, the black student newspaper, shout out to the Nubian Message at NC State. And I started to do some more research about careers in writing and journalism, thought I wanted to do that. But then I realized that PR, was kind of a mix of journalism and marketing and a slight bit of sociology because you need to understand like how people think, certain cultures, how they operate, how they receive information. Um, and I figured that that would just kind of be the best mix of all my skills at the time. And I just started going for internships, which is super, 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 super important for those that don't know internships. Like, had I not had an one or two internships prior to my internship after college, I wouldn't have gotten that internship to lead to my job that I got. Damn. Like, graduating without any internships is not a good look at all. Like, it looks like you weren't doing anything in college, and you could have been working your way through school. It doesn't matter. They want people with experience already. Especially in this industry, right? Especially this industry. And, I mean, that goes to, like, little slick ways of kind of filtering out people that could be applying for these jobs which we'll get into at some point, I'm sure. Definitely a class issue. Definitely a class issue. Economic um, issue. But like I said, I was fortunate enough to have those internships, and I got, I got pretty lucky. Like a month after my internship post-graduation started, I got hired full-time, and then the rest is history. I moved to New York um, in September 2017 and worked at that top five agency that Mari's talking about. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. Um, and then like I know you enjoyed flexing that for a couple of months. You know, I, I really never mentioned the top the top thing. The top five global? Nah. 
I mean, like, actually, I take that I'm back. I'm sorry. You guys probably think I'm such a jackass. Well, I mean, you are. I take that well. back, though, because, like, whenever I tell people that's not within, that doesn't know about PR, I would tell them it's, like, one of the three biggest agencies in the world, right? I would say that. Right. But people people within PR or people within the field, I would tell them, oh, I'll work at Ketchum, and then just kind of wait for their reaction. Because everyone knows what Ketchum is, which I shouldn't have said <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good example. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. Um, I worked at that top five agency that Amara was talking about, and moved on to a smaller place that I like a lot too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I've only been working for like three years now. Yeah, you still like it? Less than less than three years. I do. Um, <clears throat> depending on what type of PR that you're doing, it can feel more like work than other types of PR. Right yeah. now, I'm in a new space, so I'm learning a lot, which is interesting, too, which is one of the good things about PR. Like, you don't have to know about the industry that you're doing PR in to be able to do it, but you will learn so much about it that you'll end up liking it. Um, like, when I first started, I was doing agriculture PR, which sounds yeah. crazy. Like, I went to a farm and everything. Like, I was it's on a, a tractor pulling it, out. Huh? A lot of money in it, though. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, in North Carolina, you wasn't making that much money, but... Eventually, I probably would have been making a lot of money. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the cool things about it. Like, you, you get to learn a lot about different industries and different fields and meet a lot of different people that you wouldn't expect to meet. It's, it's really cool work. And um, I definitely see, you know, within a few years, the amount of influence that I can have and building this network of people, building this platform. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about what PR could do for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's nice. me. I wish I had more, but I mean... More come out. We'll have some stories later on. Yeah, I mean, like, there's so many different things we can extract from, like, what we can be talking about, like, the difference between working at a big size, a big firm, to a mid-sized firm, to a small firm. What's the difference between working at an agency and a corporation? In-house. 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 I want to talk some in-house people, in-house people, because I haven't, haven't done that yet. Um, have you worked in-house? No. No? Okay. Yeah, I haven't done that yet, and, like, I'm really interested in that, like, debate, agency versus in-house, which I'm sure a lot of people don't know what that means, which is fine. It's not even that special of a conversation. Right. Um, Like, just to summarize, agency is basically um, just a collective of executives that work with clients um, or brands Kind yeah. of like a consultancy. Yeah, like basically, like, yeah, like. But for a company. A company where you have a bunch of different teams that work for different clients versus yeah. in-house being you work at. You're serving like the interests of the corporation. Or like the you work at Coca-Cola, you do PR for Coca-Cola at Coca-Cola rather than being at an agency that does PR for Coca-Cola because they hire you. Yeah. Just, that's pretty much it. Yep. Um, all right, yo. So one of the things that I want to do here. Is talk about things going on in the news oh. from a PR perspective, because a lot of people be messing up every day. Somebody new messes up, messing up their optics, right? <laughs> yeah, and like they need to think about the optics of what they're doing before they do it. <laughs> so um, earlier, I heard you say that this is the worst it. Black History Month ever. It was. <laughs> it's it's been a horrible Black History Month. <laughs> Why? I feel like everybody can can agree with me there. Like I don't think it was that bad. I mean, like. Every time I looked at the news, 
this whole month of February, it was like between like a fashion house creating a racist like shirt or it was a black actor going to jail for lying or like raping little girls or yeah it's just been like it's been a horrible (laughs) black history month we should definitely start over next month okay so i'm only going to challenge you just because i'm I'm going to try to look at it a certain way okay do you think that r kelly going to jail for what he did would be looked at as a good moment in black history or a bad moment because you're going to think about everything that he did prior to going to jail um, I mean, it's obviously good um, that he's going to jail because he's, like, no question about it, a monster. Like, just in the truest sense of the word. Disgusting. But, um, yeah, it's good that he's he's actually in jail. It's more like, for me, it was more like just a superficial annoyance that it's like, oh, man, this is another black guy going in jail some stupid yeah true during black history month when i want to be like celebrating, celebrating black, black people in black culture <laughs> yeah. yeah you're right right so um ultimately i don't think like it negatively impacts us in any way that he's going to jail if anything it's just a positive impact over time i don't look at that as a positive i'm gonna look at people going to jail that deserve to go to jail as a positive get them out of here <laughs> Jussie included. Like, yeah. whether it's for a year or two or six months, whatever, go to jail, sit down, think about how dumb what you did was. If it's true. If, if he was guilty of what he's doing. Because apparently, last I saw, Chicago PD over-exaggerated uh, what he was doing. So, well, like, when is the Chicago PD, like, not over-exaggerating stuff? But... Who knows? It's it's a tough case because they're they're both like habitual liars. So it's like who's at this point? It's like who's outlying? Who's trying to outline who? And yeah, it sucks. But I don't know. It, to me, it just he seemed like he was so clearly trying to lie. And it was it was just like extremely short sighted. Like funny enough, like I heard his publicist like quit. I think that week. And then he got picked up by an agency. So it'll be interesting to see, like, what that agency tries to do with the situation. If he was, if it's true that he was upset about his salary, he could have saved himself a lot of money by just not doing it all together and saving the money he paid that agency with. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, like, right. What was the Unless end goal? It's like pro bono or something. I don't what know. was the end goal? I don't for get who? it. For Jesse? Yeah. Man, he, you know, he's just an idiot that got caught by the. The shine of fame, the shininess of fame, and I don't know, to the point where he's willing to do whatever it takes, even though it's like a ill-thought-out plan. That's so, just what it is. He's just famous. So if you, if you were his publicist, <laughs> and I know you'd be looking at yourself in the mirror like, why did I take this job? Oh, I would have fired him like immediately once I like realized what it was. Like, cause, cause then, like, more than anything, like, someone will try to figure out, someone will associate the publicist with doing that type of shady thing, cause they're like, oh, you know, PR True. is so such a I mean, dark art. If you were the so sorry, take that back. The sorry. agency that he hired after that, 
What's your next move? Honestly, like I would, if I was to play devil's advocate and try to find a way to like salvage the situation, um, yeah, you would have to like OJ that thing. Yeah. Dig up Johnny Cochran out the grave? (laughs) Nah, like, I meant like get Johnny Cochran or like, you know, a strong, like authentically black, um, civil rights defense attorney to shake shit up and make a another media spectacle out of it to kind of uh. sow doubt and discord saying like oh the chicago pd they're always lying and then at that point it's more about the optics than about you know yeah. what's actually the substance of of who's in jail or not make it a i mean i guess make it a race things that's what happened with oj right yeah which is which is First of all, I, I would totally not recommend that or or encourage oh, no, no, that in yeah, any way. Like, but like, if I if I had to play like be like dark arts master for like a Professor second, Snape, that's probably that would probably be the technique. But like, that makes sense. Don't you think? I mean, I'm not gonna make you argue this because it's not what you would do anyway. But don't you think mm-hmm. that he already shot himself in the foot by trying to make it a race and uh, homosexuality hating thing or homophobic thing? to begin with by saying, oh, they called me the F word and the N word and put a noose around my neck and put, you know what I'm saying? Like well, he already, def- yeah, he, he already played amateur. those cards. Huh? He already played those cards in the lie. Right. So like, like, he, like I he, mean, like, like, I'll look at it too. Like, even though like, obviously depending on your race, like you can get away with more than not in terms of lying. But like, I look at Donald Trump and he, he is lying basically several times every day yeah and people generally i feel like people can collectively agree that he's a habitual liar and yet people still kind of give him the benefit of the doubt just because there's so much confusion and chaos um, about him in the public sphere that like people don't know which who to believe i feel like you could create a microcosm of that of that confusion with Jesse Smollett. Yo. Probably. Have you heard of this documentary on Netflix? It's totally related to what you just said about Donald Trump being a habitual liar and people just falling for it, right? Uh-huh. Have you heard about this documentary on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight? I have. I actually was supposed to be watching that. My girl. Okay. Probably, like, last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next weekend. We need to talk about that when you watch it. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. But just know that you will be the most frustrated you have ever been in your life. And it, you, it will make you realize how dumb some people really are in this world. Wow. Like, great. I was in shock the entire time. Really? And I can't wait for you to see it. I can't wait for you to see it. Okay. Yo, I'll just, I'll take your word for it. I'll check it out. Yeah, no, we definitely got to talk about it. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, no, so we talked about Trump. We talked about Jussie, which I didn't want to really, I didn't want to talk about it because it's such a waste of time. I'm, I'm so tired of this story. Like, I don't right. care anymore. You know the media is just, it's like eating it up. Yeah, like, I mean, it was funny, but now it's like, wow, this is old. guy we can hate on finally? And like, it's okay? Like, <laughs> that's, that's essentially like yeah. what's going on. But I mean, like, whatever. Um, um, oh, what, 
wanted to ask you, like, what was your take on the Oscars? Like, and do you think that the way that they finessed the media in this for the award ceremony, do you think that was effective? Or what do you mean by finesse the media? Well, like on on like the award selection on the winners, you know, the overall vibe, the winners, who was nominated, like yeah, I. Because, like, their ratings have been down, like, for the past five years or so. I think, like, it just went up a little bit just off of this previous award okay. show. So, I – a lot of people have been saying, oh, there was no host. Maybe we shouldn't have a host anymore because the ratings went up. I don't think the ratings went up because it was shorter or because it didn't have a host. I think the ratings went up because there's probably more black people watching it because Black Panther was nominated. Oh, wow. Spike Lee was there. He was nominated for Black Klansman. Damn. People wanted Regina King to win. She was nominated. They wanted to see that happen. Um, I think that had a lot to do with the ratings being up, if I had to take an educated guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that being said, how do I feel about the way that they finessed the media? I don't even really feel like they did. I think that there were some undeniable winners that won. And we're still seeing, like, a lack of people of color to be nominated for the Best Actress and Best Actor awards, but will win Best Supporting all day. Right. Does that make and sense? I also know, like, there was this, like, big, like, issue on, like, the Academy over the past 30 years selecting... Um, diverse like movies. A, a, diverse a, films. No, like, a, like an apologetic... Like a, a, a diverse film or a film that celebrates diversity, but like only in the context of like white people being a savior. Whereas like there was a lot, a lot of people ha- felt like there was an issue. Yeah, I'm trying to, my bad. Um, <laughs> a lot of people felt like there was an issue, um, like the Academy didn't want to select like Black Panther or Black Klansman because the focus was more on the minority experience in those racial tense, racially tense moments. So, like, I guess, like, my question to you is, like, do you think, like, there is, like, something behind the scenes that orchestrates, like, whether the Academy picks, like, a more, um, a more, like, placating film as opposed to, like, aggressive film and, and, should does that affect who's watching it or who's going to care about the Oscars? I mean, if if they were being strategic about it, and they could be, for all we know, right? It would be smart for them to nominate certain movies for Best Picture, like Black Panther and Black Klansman, right? And a Green Book, for example, which would probably is probably like right in the middle of. It's a black film to an extent, but it's also a black film that white people could be comfortable watching because they can, I don't even know if they can relate to it, but they can identify with it to some extent, like, Mm -hmm. versus black Klansmen, they might not identify with the lead character. Black Panther, they should be able to identify with the lead character, but they probably wouldn't because they don't really see themselves in the movie. Um, So I think that if they were being smart about it, they would nominate those pictures, those movies for best picture to get us to watch and then award the movie that they feel comfortable with. 
Which is but, probably what they did. <laughs> which is what they did. Right. And I think that in order to appease us and keep us watching and let us feel like we're making some progress, instead of awarding movies like Black Klansman or Black Panther or Get Out for Best Picture, they'll give us Best Screenplay for Get Out and Best Screenplay for Black Klansman. Or, no, or Best Adapted Screenplay for Black Klansman. Right. They'll give us so Best Costume like, Design for Black Panther. So it's like you don't get B award, but you get but you an get award, a award that makes you feel. You're not you're not going to come you're not going to go home empty handed, and we're going to let you know that we think that you did a good job, but we're not going to give you the biggest award of the night. But Moonlight won, so can we really say that? Now I guess the question is like, do you think people are noticing that and feel like the Academy is fraudulent, or do you think like? They're gonna get by, get away I mean, with that stuff. I, I think it starts at the top, right? Like, I think I saw some statistic where it said something like seventy-something percent of the academy was white men, or white. Even if they weren't white men, they're white, so they're not gonna be able to relate to a movie or, or understand the impact that a movie like Black Panther would have, or the impact that a movie like Get Out would have. Um, mm. Versus Shape of Water, like, I'm not, I'm not going back to watch Shape. Of, like, Shape of Water did not do anything to move the needle culturally or start any uh, ounce of dialogue past people wanting to watch it just for the sake of seeing how she had, or how she made love to a fish. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like It was pretty hot. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> it, was, it was worth the two hours and 15 minutes of watching the movie. <laughs> but Get Out, like, that started so much, it broke records, it started so much conversation. And um, like, redefine the horror genre. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So. Like, how do you not award a movie like that Best Picture, right? Um, right, because they're not, well, yeah, they're focused on celebrating the movie they want to focus on at the expense of what, like, I feel like the general, the actual overall population wants. So, I don't know. It's interesting to see how they're going to keep playing that off. And, like, by selecting films that are kind of, like, sanitized compared to, like, the truly authentic and engaging work that everyone's talking about that's popular and critically acclaimed. Well, I mean, to that point, and I think we're getting there with the Grammys, and I think we'll get there with the Oscars, too. Like, I don't think that the Oscar, the Best Picture Oscar, <clears throat> validates any of the movies that were nominated that didn't win, especially Black Klansman and Black Panther. Um, I never thought Black Panther would win. I, I think they nominated just for the sake of nominating it. But it's, like, it's crazy. It's that you feel like they don't take it seriously, even though like I watched it and it was just like some of the best acting and directing and photography I've ever seen. Like well, some of the action scenes were kind of trash. We could know. fight, but I Black Panther. It was it was all right. It was good. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it was good, but it wasn't. It wasn't amazing to me. I thought it was. I thought it was like groundbreaking. I mean, the, I'm not saying it wasn't, but I'm saying Avengers was better. Okay. All right. Yeah. This is definitely a conversation we're gonna have to have offline. Okay. <laughs> we, got, <laughs> we got to have this outside. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's all good. Um, but no, I think I think we're gonna get to the point where like we're gonna value the Oscars less because we're already there with the Grammys. Like we expect the Grammys to get it wrong. But right. I think the Oscars, it's slightly different. And with Moonlight winning a few years ago, like it kind of, it's like, okay, maybe they're starting to get it. But 
I think, and I've heard this from a bunch of different people, like we need to start valuing our own award shows more. Yeah, I think that's where we're going, honestly. You know? And like either the award shows try to like circumvent that by actually like, you know, accommodating us, I guess, in a way that feels more authentic or we're just gonna end up creating our own shows that aren't just beat the BET Awards. Yeah. So. Yeah, we, I mean, we need more than the BET Awards and the Hip Hop Awards. Yeah, no offense to BET, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just we just need more, that's all. But yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, the, the Oscars are cool. Um, I was I was happy to see Spike win. That's all I yeah, really cared about. Yeah, long time coming. 30 yeah. years ago, he got snubbed for uh, Do the Right Thing. Oh, Do the Right Thing. But you know what movie uh, won in its place? What? Driving Miss Daisy. And then Green Book won. Right. So it's almost like 30 years. It's almost like the same thing, just with a different paint of coat. Yeah, it's interesting. Yo, how do you feel about um, the first black woman to win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, I think? She played, like, a mammy role. Um, I think, yeah, it was, like, for The Sound of Music. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what her name is, though. I don't remember her name either, but I was having a conversation with somebody who was, like, upset about that and didn't want to highlight that person or, or highlight that award at that time because of the role that was being played. And it sparked a conversation about, like, if we should celebrate performances uh, in which people, in which we play slaves or, like, degrading Perform, you know what I'm saying? Like roles in which black people are being degrading, or they're like a slave or a, a servant or whatever, and they win awards for that. Because more often than not, that's what we win awards for. Right. Like absolutely. should we should we be celebrating that, or should we? I mean, back then, like I guess I understand like why we were celebrating it, just mm-hmm. because the fact that we were able to break the color barrier. But now I feel like the level of like awareness or consciousness that we collectively have towards like noticing those types of like subtle ways of keeping congratulating us while like still marginalizing us yeah um i think we're becoming more cognizant of that and so it's like going to be a lot harder for um these big institutions to just maintain that facade I feel like especially in the next 10 years. I mean, like, they're of course, they're going to keep working hard to, like, maintain facades. But, like, I think because the way social media, the way technology, the way, like, high-speed internet functions, it's we're so interconnected. It's just it's going to be a lot more difficult to fake the funk. Yeah, true. But then, then you have people like um, Nate. What's his last name? I don't know. The dude that made... The uh, Nat Turner movie. Oh, um, he got right. Like, just trying to what make was a movie. movie called? I forget the name of the movie. Um, but <laughs> Damn, we, we, we know what it was. It's already erased <laughs> from my memory. <laughs> it's already now, faded out. I saw it once and it was good, <laughs> but I was like, I don't know if I can watch this again. Damn. You know, yeah. but like that—that's that, an example of like you trying to make a movie about a different story. Because I was just thinking when you was talking. Like, I'm kind of tired of period pieces unless it's going to be something new that I haven't heard before. 
right? Like right. just, just Absolutely. another slave movie. I know. Like I don't want to see how how much worse slavery actually was than what I've seen already. Like it's already bad enough in my mind. That I don't need to really know the reality of it. And that movie, the Nat Turner movie, it showed me some things that I didn't know. I was like, damn, like that's that's really really horrible. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't want to know about that anymore. Like I'd rather see some new stories if we're going to do a period piece or just something different like Black Panther like a futuristic place where we were never touched and we have all this crazy technology like that's why it's groundbreaking right. to me rather than it just being a superhero it's movie complex nuanced and multifaceted exactly characters that aren't defined by how they look you know it should have been nominated for best what picture though concept right um, and we can get off this um, uh-huh. Spider-Man have you, did you see Spider-Man I saw uh, you mean the uh, animated one? Yeah. Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually one of my favorite movies of the year. It was like that movie shocked me. Yeah, the the writing, animation, everything. Was the like animation, perfect. like five like minutes perfect. in, I'm like, yo, this looks like a comic book. It like but it, it was like a graffiti comic book. Yeah. Yeah, it was lit. But mo- it still looks real. In real time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was dope. Like that was probably. That movie, they, that was better than Black Panther. No, we need a, you need a case for diversity. Like, yeah. definitely just watch um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and like. That movie was great. If you if you don't see the re, like why you should have diversity after watching that movie, like yeah, yeah, you're probably never gonna get it. And I went into that movie with like real low expectations. I'm like, I don't want to see a cartoon in the movie theater. I'm 25 years old, you know. But that movie shocked me. I was I was pleasantly surprised at that. Yeah. Um. That's good. Yo, real quick, since. Since we were both Kanye stands at one point. Oh, here we go, Dan. <laughs> what are you about to say? Were is the correct word, right? Like, I'm, I'm not anymore. You're not either, right? You're not still standing for Kanye? Oh, I don't know. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure. Nah, he's, he's all the way canceled. Did you see that clip of him? Oh. You saw it? That clip. Yeah, you saw it? Where he's in all white. Yeah. And, like, the tie-dye hair. You he's, saw like, it. surrounded by, like, church people. All right, now, I mean, I can't front. I know. Okay, we, the black delegation, will acknowledge that that is a lit scene. We can look at music objectively, and still be like, nah, because right, this is a clear. Like, this this is worse than this is worse than Hillary and the hot sauce, because Hillary was being authentic with that. But this is a clear pandering to black people. He's pandering. Do you think he's pandering, or he's just like he's absolutely pandering? Or he just his brain got hit with just the right combination of meds, nope. and on a Saturday, nope. Sunday morning, it was like, "Yo, nope. let me just go out to this delegation and just nope, bring my all-white custom piano." Nope. Oh, that was a PR stunt. PR stunt to the fullest. You know why it didn't work? Why? The African stuff was over last year. Black Panther came and went. All right. We on some different stuff now. We're not. We're not still having that Afro beats movement anymore. Like, I mean, like, did that? I mean, did it work though? Cause like people are like, people are kind of like, oh, we miss the old Kanye. I mean, we do. Of, off of looking at that, I miss. I miss the young Kanye, not the old Kanye. This old Kanye is whack. Right. Nah. He's like the like bitter uncle that never made it or something. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> with, with just bad advice. It's you know what's funny to me because I thought about this the other day. Like after seeing that, he got upset. Remember what, like twenty thirteen when he was upset about how they wouldn't let him in the fashion industry and the whole houseway moment or whatever. Right. 
you ain't got the answers. He was complaining about how, like, or part of what he was complaining about was how people were putting him in a box saying he could only do music. And right now, he's using music to get back on our good side because he knows that that's what we want from him at the very least. And so if he can do nothing else right, he's going to resort to that. It's abusive. It's like it's just like R. Kelly, but, like, without... That's, that's crazy. And uh, tactically, it's like R. Kelly. Yeah, like, okay, it, once enough bad sentiment rises yeah. in the population, you just, like, drop some music so that we'll forget. He was probably holding on to that for so long, too, because he knew he was going to get to the point where he... But, like... He probably nah. just makes music just, like, as a backup. Yeah. <laughs> when he just... He'd be like, selling when, out to Basically, hard. when everything else doesn't work, he just uses music. Right. I don't know, man. But I think... I, he just needs to go sit down somewhere for a minute. Just raise your kids. Take a break. I mean, we shouldn't be, like, um, celebrating idols. That's, that's my personal belief. Because, like... Just because the dude's smart in one particular arena doesn't mean he's intelligent in others. Yeah. And it's like the fact that we've even given him this much of a platform at this point is just disappointing because it's like we shouldn't be listening to him for like this is like the, the Dave Chappelle Ja Rule yeah. joke all over again. Like, <laughs> oh, where's Ja Rule like to help me figure out like, you know, help me through my existential crisis like it, no like Kanye West isn't gonna save us oh my gosh I mean yeah but like that just goes to like how much influence we give these people and why we need more influential people to look up to period another reason why this platform is being created because we shouldn't be looking to rap we shouldn't be looking to Kanye and LeBron for guidance on what we should do as black people and Obama. Even we, d- Obama we definitely is. need more positive role models. A lot more positive. Like J. Cole said, like, like J. Cole said in Be Free, he was saying, um, you wonder why there's been so many B&Es lately because the only people he sees with degrees is on TNT. Like, playing basketball, like, not, I messed up that whole line, but basically he was saying, like, he only sees black people as rappers and basketball players on TV, which is true. He said it way more clever. Um, but yeah, like, we need more people to look up to, more people to, like, look to to be like, hey, this is what you should do in this situation, like, how to move. Like, Jay-Z is cool, but he's still a rapper at the end of the day. Right. You know, and I think... Like, I'm not I'm not trying to listen to um, Jay-Z for political... Not at all. You know, insights. And, and he stuff. doesn't say anything either. Right. He's notorious <laughs> for just, like, being tight-lipped about it. Yeah. I'm just smart. Yeah. Still, like, look like an idiot. He know? listens to no his wife, to clearly. Huh? He clearly listens to his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not checking for Kanye again until I see Jay Z put his arm around him. Then I'm gonna know that he's back to normal, and then I'll be good. All right, yo, what else is on the list? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what else is there to talk about? Right? Well, I want to talk to you about, about the this. PR industry. I'm sorry. I'm really starting to feel Kamala, yo. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't yeah. know how to say her name. Starting to feel it. I'm starting wow. to feel it. What happened? I don't she know. I'm just seeing her. I'm just Sharpton. She huh? like she won you over. No, not that picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just seeing her in interviews and just watching her and just listening to her speak and how she reacts to questions. I'm not saying I'm voting for her by any means, mm-hmm. yet. But um, I just like her energy. I like the way that she she seems genuine. Like a lot more genuine than our previous candidate, our previous de- Democratic candidate, Hillary. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just interested to see what she does. But like right now, like I'm, I'm starting to feel 
Okay. Kamala. Yeah. I mean, like. Kamala? Kamala Harris? Kamala? Kamala. Do you, are you saying Kamala, it right? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I just sound like I, I don't know what I'm saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I like her too. And like, honestly, she's the front runner. Um, or one of the front runners. I mean, Bernie just got back into the race, so, and he got a lot of donations off of his announcement. So we'll see how that plans out. But um, I definitely think she's authentic. And yeah, she's authentic, but I feel like she's also still using old 90s techniques to pander to the black community. Why is Which that is awkward pandering, because though? she is black. So it's like, why are you like using these old tactics? Why why do you use the word pandering? Well, like say when she was on the Breakfast Club and okay, you know, talking about eating fried chicken or whatever, or who don't eat fried chicken, or going to Sylvia's in Harlem to meet Reverend Al Sharpton. That about what? Okay, <laughs> but like. Al Sharpton used to be fat. Like, let's not forget that. He might have requested that place, for all we know. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm not not trying to, like, ridicule her and, like, say, like, she's not black enough. I'm over here or, like, her like, like she's my, she my sister or something. Or she can't pass a purity <laughs> test, a liberal purity test or anything like that. The like brown that's, paper bag test. That's absolutely not where I'm going. I'm just saying, like, I am a little concerned that, like, her authenticity doesn't isn't as like on uh, on level one hundred as I would like it to be. Okay, um, I'll ask you this then. Mm-hmm. How much do you weigh authenticity in a presidential candidate, and how much did you weigh it with Barack Obama? Because I'm not sure if we were having this conversation when Obama was running. And so why are we having it now? And, I, and I'm not even attacking you. I'm just attacking that whole idea of, like, she's not authentic enough or, oh, she's pandering. Like, I just don't understand why that well, matters. I feel like I pay attention to that more now than before because when Hillary was going against Trump, she had, like, an authenticity issue. But, like, people wanted to ignore it because she was the most qualified person. And... I feel like because we, like, ignored that weak spot, like, the Republicans were able to exploit that by poking at her authenticity. And it was able to make, like, Trump, it was able to muddy the waters enough, in my opinion, that, like, Trump was able to say, like, I'm more authentic than her, so vote for me. And then they did, especially as we enter a more superficial society that is more concerned with optics and authenticity than um, the actual, you know, um, policy, actual policies (laughs) and thoughts. All right. So why can't we think of it like this? Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought about this because me and one of my best friends had a conversation about this a few weeks ago. So. Think of it like dating. When you go on that first date, how authentic are you being? Right? Yeah. So. Dressed to impress. Don't you think that after you get the position of full-time significant other, full-time bae, 
you become more and more authentic as the days go by, as the months go by. It's, um, yeah. And I know yeah, hindsight probably. is twenty twenty, and we want to think that Obama was playing basketball when he announced <laughs> that he was uh, <laughs> running for president. Like, he was dunking like Vince Carter when that happened. But I think that we saw more and more of Obama being authentic after he was in office, after he won his, his second election, and he was comfortable because he knew he had that security, right? He came out in that tan suit. He wasn't in no tan suit on the campaign trail, <laughs> on, on the camp, the campaign trail. I don't know why that was hard for me to say. Right. Um, and so I'm not trying to challenge Obama's authenticity, but what I am saying is that I think we need to cut these people some slack because it's still early. When you was dating your girl or your dude, he wasn't being himself all the way whenever you first got in the car with him. Like, I'm sure he wasn't blasting. <laughs> right. He wasn't blasting Migos when you sat down. And if he was, you should have got up out the car. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, like, I think we need to cut them some slack and understand that this is still, like, the courting phase. And we're, and we're trying to – she's trying to feel us out the same way we're trying to feel her out. Um, and so we can't challenge everything and be like, oh, no, you wasn't in college when that came out. Like, it's not even what she said. I, I agree with that because, like, you're right. Like, like the substance should matter instead of like the first impression Mm -hmm. and i agree like there's still time to adjust and reframe things and change the perception of how people might see her um yeah i think (laughs) there's there's still time for sure all right we need to talk about how fake (laughs) Huh? We need to talk about how fake we'd be on first dates at some point because <laughs> oh, everybody's you know, fake. Like, it depends. Like, I mean, it depends. I feel like I, I'm only fake in the sense of like I'll dress up in a way. But I, like, I'm not. I'm not trying to like be overly fake to the point where I'm like, yo, you know, like I'm just gonna spoil you with gifts. And, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's just called being financially responsible. But um, nah. Yeah, I think I think it's less about being fake and more about like amplifying the qualities that you think that he or she would like. And right. Because yeah. Like you, you might dress nice sometimes, but when you want somebody to like you, you're gonna dress nice all the time. That doesn't mean that like it, does that make sense? Like it's it's different if like you never you never wear suits, but one time you go on this date with this girl, you wearing a suit. Like, that's the suit right. isn't you. Right. And, like, that's not always who you are. But, like, but you can, like, pretend or, like, you know, project that that's your day-to-day. It's like the that. difference between, oh, he cleans up well and, oh, he never cleans up. <laughs> like, he'll, he'll never look nice. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. Um, but, yeah, we, 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 could, we could talk about that later because <laughs> that's going to be a whole right. whole other hour. Yeah, that's a whole conversation. All right, I mean, I, I think we got through the whole list. Um, oh, man. Anything else you want to cover? Um, I think. I think that's it. Yeah, I think for a good a first round, like, I think that's pretty good. Like, I think more than anything, we just wanted to show people who we are. Yeah. Where we come from, what our thought process is like. We're going to lose a lot of listeners after this. You know, all the specifics. But yeah, um, if you did make it this far, thank you for listening. Um, we like to do this every week, and by every week, it's every week on CP time. So it might not be the same day every week, but hopefully it's going to be every week. Um, It'll be enough. But yeah, I mean, I definitely want this to grow. I, I want 
us to bring people on. So I'm shouting out Mim Connect, I'm shouting out Creative Collective in New York City, I'm shouting out the Black Public Relations Society, every city that has a society. Um, PRSA. PRSA. Who else am I forgetting? Any, any black communications professional in New York City, senior level, mid-level, entry level, you, if you got a story to tell, come on and tell it. We want to hear it. If you got gems to give, come on, drop them. We want to hear it. Um, do yeah, it for I'm, the kids. Huh? Do it for the kids listening. Do it for the kids. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good, though. Like, it's going to be a lot of real conversations that I think a lot of people are going to want to listen to. Yeah. We're going to try not to bash a certain group of people every week, but can't make any promises either. Man, I hope not. We'll see. Because <laughs> we definitely have nah, to talk about stereotypes. <laughs> it's all love. Yeah. All right, yo. Uh, damn, we need to figure out a sign-off. Huh? I think, you know what the sign-off is going to be? Every week is going to be like... The, the sign-off is going to be like, damn, we need to figure out a sign-off. And that's going to be the sign-off every week. <laughs> yeah, like, what What would be the sign-off this week? Like? I don't know. Optics out sounds weird. It sounds like some military stuff. No, nah, we're definitely not doing optics out. And we're not, we're not the optics. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not a boy band or a group. Like, <laughs> that's just what the platform We're talking about the optics. Yeah, like, oh. It's like, a, it's like abstract. There go them optics dudes over there. Like, no, nah, I don't want that. Oh, the optics guy. Yo, is, is that the optics?